Former Pittsburgh Panther Aaron Donald finally gets his Super Bowl ring. Many are saying, though, that he was snubbed for the Super Bowl MVP award. We're going to talk about that, as well as some miscues when it comes to offensive pass interference versus defensive pass interference. Jalen Ramsey, former Florida State Seminole star, had a couple issues with some of the Bengals last night. So we're going to talk about all of that here and get you caught up on some ACC basketball while we're at it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for making Locked on ACC your first listen each and every day, available wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and on Mondays, we have Locked on Wolfpack host Kenton Gibbs joining the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Please visit betonline.net. All right, Kenton, we are going to talk about your favorite thing, and that is some defense, some good hard-nosed defense. Aaron Donald got his Super Bowl ring finally. Ring him, okay, period, having four tackles on four tackles on the night, two sacks, two tackles for loss. My guy finally gets to have his name in the world champion rafters. Long time coming. Um, absolutely. But I mean, it's it's not it's not the the longest time coming i mean he's he's been dominant since the day that he stepped in the nfl won uh defensive rookie of the year in in 2014 and from then he's been, only been in the league i want to say eight or nine years and has been all pro seven times pro bowler eight times so you know aaron donald is deserving of every, every accolade that comes his way including the super bowl mvp last night which you know i mean offenses are it's 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 the nfl offenses will always reign supreme and get every award that you can possibly give them so let's talk about the fact that Cooper Cup, who got the game-winning touchdown ultimately, received the Super Bowl MVP award. Everyone was hype on him. Clearly, he played a big factor into the game, sure. We also saw when it was fourth and one and we needed Joe Burrow to get a cup, uh, one more yard, literally, Aaron Donald was broke that all the way up and shut it down. When you talk about two important plays of a game, how significant, what, if you want to compare, was the Cooper Cup touchdown as compared to the Aaron Donald sack to seal it? The thing that is so impressive to me is that both of these players and both of these plays were not just those individual plays, but the multiple more than that culminated in that moment. So, for example, with Cooper Cup, people talk about the Rams had uh, a seventh and goal. Well, yeah, because they were holding Cooper Cup. Uh, he took a, a, a helmet-to-helmet hit. Um, and they did pass interference in the end zone again. That's that's just what it is. But then if you go to Aaron Donald's play, the play before the fourth and one stop, he had a third and one stop. And 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 so when you look at both of those plays, both of them had things that led up to those uh, plays. And, and I, I think that at the end of the day, this is why football is the ultimate team sport. Because mm-hmm. while people will look and say, oh, that's the touchdown, that's the most important play, well, the offense only scored what? How, how many points did the offense score? What was it 20? 23. 23. 23. 23 points in an NFL game and they won. That's not that's not a a a ridiculous world-beating amount where you're like, if your team scores that amount of points, you should win the game. So I mean, you know, Aaron down in that defense, uh, they definitely did their job plus some. 
And uh, at the end of the day, there's that somebody made the point to me that Aaron Donald was playing against a terrible offensive line. And I'm like, Eli Apple has been on, uh, he, he changes teams. Like I change radio stations and that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just, I, I think it's very interesting how, um, you know, it's, we talk about the Bengals offensive line and how terrible they've been, but all of a sudden we believe Eli Apple is good now. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that both plays were, were of equal importance and they all go into a win. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think as much as people talked about being scared for Joe Burrow, that offensive line held their own for that game. As much as, I mean, yes, they got, it wasn't equal, sure. But the way they described it, you would have thought it was going to be a murder mission for the Rams defense the entire night. And it wasn't that. Like, we can give that credit, no? Joe Burrow was sacked more than any other quarterback in Super Bowl history. Yes, but again, the way they were pubbing it out to be that it was not even going to be a close game. Defense was going to be all over him and swarming him. Yes, he did not have time, but he found the time because it was a 20 to 23 matchup in the end. Like he found a way to stay in the game and lead up until the last like five minutes. Uh, listen, if if Odell doesn't get hurt, I don't think we're looking at a very close game here. But if mm-hmm. ifs and buts were berries and nuts, squirrels would never starve. So. <laughs> We're we're not gonna go there. I I think that um I think that this is one of those moments where, you know, honestly, that went pretty much as expected as, as far as what the Bengals offense, what you think they'd be able to do against that defensive line. Like at the end of the day, there were plays where Aaron Donald was triple team and the Rams got sacked. That stat doesn't go on Aaron Donald's – that doesn't go on his uh, resume. It's like, ah, Aaron Donald got that sack. But let's do some basic math, shall we? Sure. You have five men to protect as far as your offensive lineman. We'll even throw in the back for the six. You got six men to protect. Three of them are on Aaron Donald, right? So it's six people walking up. Now it's just three, right? Or, yeah, it's six people walking up. You took away three. Now you got three, okay? And now you got one-on-ones for – uh, Von Miller for um, Floyd, Leonard Floyd, and um, whoever whoever else is is rushing on that play, be it Philip Gaines, be it uh, the the linebacker that they always got blitzing number fifty. And he's a he's a good brother, Cap Alpha Sign too. I, I feel terrible forgetting his name. Is he the uh, one that looks like Kimbo Slice? No, that's Ashawn Robinson, but he could be out there as well. He could be out there as well. So I mean, the the reality is, you have a a a situation where you know the the stats are not going to go to him. He's not going to get the the pub and the love for that. But objectively, because their line is so bad, you have to dedicate that much to him, which frees up everybody else. So was he snubbed from getting the MVP award? Should he have received that award? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. People don't understand how hard it is, the difference between being an interior defensive lineman mm-hmm. and a, a edge rusher, right? An interior defensive lineman, there is teams can naturally double team you in ways that they cannot as an edge. Even with an edge, they can chip block you or whatever the case may be. That mm-hmm. chip block is coming from a small guy. And mm-hmm. I know it's still a grown man that is coming to knock your block off. Sure. But that's different than a 330-pounder and a 315-pounder coming at you at once. That's just an objectively different story. So Aaron Donald's disruption, uh, the way that he ended the game and all that, I think that he was he was my Super Bowl MVP. I'll say that. 
And just for sake of you've obviously been on the field before as a defensive lineman, how difficult is it to be triple teamed and still be successful? Like if we're really talking about just how incredible Aaron Donald is to sum it up here as we move forward, being triple teamed, still having the numbers that he puts up and being able to be as dominant as he has been for so many years. How incredible is his story? I'll say it like this. Cooper Cup often gets criticized because he's not an outside receiver. It is Mm -hmm. much harder to double team slot receivers because number one, you can't get good hands on them off the line. Number two, they're often in motion. So again, tougher to to truly have down. They're going to be here. The bracket is going to be set up in this way. This guy's over the top. This guy's underneath. Um, But as a defensive lineman, you're in a static state. Wherever you line up at, they can identify you at some point in time. He is here. He may, you may move after the snap to cross face or to go outside, whatever the case may be. It may be a, a, a pass rush game, a text or an X or a TO, whatever the case may be. But you are not going to be able to shift your alignment in a way that the, the offense cannot properly um, realize where you are and how they need to block you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So all that to say, Aaron Donald is pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. Anybody who didn't believe other otherwise, put down the drugs, okay? Put them down. They're not yeah. good for you. They're rotting your brain. And there are people that say that he may consider retirement and try to go out on top. And, and we know that we saw you know Eli Manning do sort of things. Not the same way because Eli wasn't at – I mean, not Eli, excuse me, Peyton Manning wasn't on top per se – the same way Aaron Donald probably still has a good four to five left in his system. But I want to talk about what do you think by his transition, as well as Jalen Ramsey's uh, issues with the offensive pass interference or defensive pass interference, because while we have you, we might as well get the experts analysis here. Now, while football season might be over, basketball season is in full swing for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of the sports scores, podcasts, and news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, and more information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So we're here with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. He comes on every single Monday. You can find his show available wherever you listen to podcasts as well. And eventually he'll find himself on the YouTube worlds and the spaces where we can see his lovely face weekly. Now we are talking about Aaron Donald and some former ACC stars, Jalen Ramsey included out of Florida State, Cam Akers, you know, a lot of champions over there out of LA. Aaron Donald. Super Bowl MVP snub, maybe. Possible retirement. Goodness. I can't even imagine the NFL without him. But, you know, you've done everything you need to do. You finally got your Super Bowl ring. What's left? Is it just a greed thing? We want to get as many rings as possible. It's a lot on the body for football. Do you think he could potentially retire after this season? I mean, he could. He could. And, and, And at the end of the day, he has nothing left to prove. He's a three time defensive player of the year, seven time all pro. Again, this man is I and and I'm I am I'm very aware of the history of the game when I say this. He is the most dominant interior defensive lineman that we have ever seen in terms of pass rush. We've never seen anything close. We have never 
seen anything. And trust me, I am one of John Randall's biggest fans. I'm a huge John Randall fan, even though he's a Viking, ill, gross. That's another story <laughs> for another time. I am a huge fan of him. I am a huge mm-hmm. fan of, of some really Warren Sapp, a lot of guys who were really, really, really good. Really good. We've never seen anything like Aaron Donald. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it just credits to all of the off-season knife training he's done, some ninja, you know, whatever, preseason ways to get himself together. That clearly has everything to do with it, right? Okay. Those Sorry. those knives were fake. Those knives were fake. <laughs> were they really? Yeah, they were. They were. It was an April Fool's joke. Oh. That man, as many millions as he makes you think he traded with knives, <laughs> that... He's not stupid. We've seen people do off-season things many a time. So, you know, I just thought that he was trying to take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, no, he he can get to the next level without the knife, without <laughs> without the potential risk of being stabbed. And, you know, that he he's doing all right. No doubt. Again, 23-20, L.A. Rams defeated the Cincinnati Bengals. A great sight to see. A lot of good action, you know, throughout the game. It wasn't the greatest Super Bowl I've ever seen. But that halftime performance, it wasn't the greatest I've ever seen, but it was up there. Top five, top five, top five. I mean, absolutely. It was definitely a, an ode to millennials, and there was a lot of things in there. The, the fact millennials you, get nothing most so many times, and that was like our moment, man. You could tell exactly how old people were by how they reacted to 50 Cent hanging upside down. <laughs> Somebody because get that man some oxygen. If, if you weren't there for the in the club era, you didn't understand it. You did not understand but if you saw that video when it first dropped and he, you know, he's running on the treadmill and he's hanging upside down to start off, you knew. You you saw it and you oh, the, he did the thing. He did the thing. Right. It's, it's like Spider-Man when uh, Osmond said, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. If you were there, you were there for it. You, you if know, you know, know, you know, absolutely. Exactly. The only part about that was in the in the club video, he didn't have a chain on his neck. So when he was performing at halftime, he had the chain. I was like, my brother, my brother is suffocating. I don't know how y'all long y'all had to have my buddy up there, but it was too long, right? You, 50 Cent was know, looking like a dollar bill. You know, listen, that is time does that to people, okay? okay. Bodies change over time. I'm a we living are, witness. Exactly. We are not gonna shame anybody's body for changing. That's what time does. Sometimes 50 Cent is a bully, though. He deserves everything coming his way. Ain't gonna look, hold you. Bad things can happen to bad people. Okay, let us never forget that. Just because somebody <laughs> violates often doesn't mean that they are immune to being violated. And the way that the internet is doing 50, whoo, maybe a little wee. bit of violation. Maybe a Man, violation. there's a lot of violation. The couple of violations, we're going to send what up for our boy Eli Apple because he he is being in the torture chamber. We don't have time for that. Big Big Ten can talk about that on their Locked On show. That's, that, that's their business. That's, that's their business. Eli's their business. business. <laughs> We got to talk about some ACC on ACC violence because this T. Higgins Higgins of Clemson and Jalen Ramsey matchup was some ACC on ACC violence. It absolutely was. So let's start beginning of the game straight out the gate. The Bengals were like, let's punch him in the mouth early. Fine. We saw uh, Jalen Ramsey, T. Higgins. First play of the second half. First play of the second half. We're like, we're thinking, wow, Jalen Ramsey got burnt. But upon further review, upon an actual replay, apparently why they should send stuff upstairs, my guy Jalen Ramsey got his helmet rocked, and then he fell on the play. And everyone says, oh, Jalen got burnt. Well, actually, (laughs) he got his head turned around. Y'all know how I feel about this. Y'all know how I feel about it. Get rid of offensive pass interference as a call. If you're never going to call it, stop having it in the rule books. Tell defenders, I'm making your job harder. I do not care. Live with it. 
Yeah. Tell the fan, because that way they know, all right, bet, this is what it is. If this is a big body receiver, we're going to have to double him because he's going to be able to do whatever he wants physically, and we're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, because sure, sure as the sun sets, that would have been called on a defensive player all day of the week and twice on Sunday. And and people are pointing to like, oh, it's it's different in a screenshot, and you can see everything when it's slowed down, and you know there's there's hand fighting on every play and all that. Sure, but again, offense is always going to get away with these calls. That mm-hmm. is what it's going to be. We have to live with it. We have to just the 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 NFL is a business just like mm-hmm. any other business they want to put the product on the field that's going to make the most money the nfl knows that they do not make the most money from diehard football fans they know diehard football fans are going to watch it whatever's going on however it's being played they're going to watch it so what market do you have to capture the casual fans how do you capture the casual fan you don't capture the casual fans by tough gritty grind it out just nasty physical mucky running the football and this we're, we're gonna run the ball 40 times with three backs and you got to live with it that's not how you get the casual fan you get the casual fan by the big plays you get the casual fan by uh Tyreek Hill running downfield throwing peace signs you get the casual fan by all the extras right by all the T Higgins uh beating the pop and circumstance yeah all of that exactly the the track meet on on turf is how you get the casual fan so again let defense know we do not care about you. We don't care how hard your job is. We don't care. Deal with it. And just yeah. say it. Just say yeah. it. Because again, to me, if you let people know what it is, that nobody can look up and be surprised. Because Jalen Ramsey looked genuinely surprised. He legitimately, after the play, was looking around like, wait, there's no call there. Yeah. And granted, the play with Chase, the play with Jamar Chase got the big one hand catch over. It's the NFL. Chase is a top 10 receiver, even as a rookie. You live with that. There's no mm-hmm. defense for that. There is nothing you can do better to stop that. Yeah. But that but that T. Higgins play, again, let the rule book fully openly say offense cannot interfere with the defender's ability to go get the ball unless they are blocking the defender. And other than that, live with it. But I'm wondering, you know, we talk about this here in the ACC all the time. We talked about it this season with Wake Forest and A.T. Perry and him pushing off. And then for so long throughout the season, he got away with it. And then there were a couple games that really mattered that they started calling it. Maybe they had a little more tape about it. But I'm my thinking is, OK, you review this, you know, play between Jalen Ramsey and T. Higgins. And you're like, OK, next season we're going to bring way more diligent about offensive passive fingers. We're not going to let guys push off. We're not going to let guys really, uh, what is it called? Face mask. We're going to make sure that we are more diligent about calling plays. Right? That's that's how it should go. And what world do you think that's going to (laughs) happen? That's how it should go on paper. We watched A.T. Perry do that for 10 weeks straight before it got called. Yeah. 10. We watched it. For 10 weeks. And listen. Wait, wait, wait. Before you say that, though, the fact that the ACC refs, they might have, I feel like they were attending the Super Bowl because the way they weren't calling anything until they decided they wanted to call everything. I'm like, are we we watching our conference here? and, And this is what I'm talking about. For example, when people talked about, let's go back to Aaron Donald. When he got his first sack of the game, and, or maybe it was the second one, the one where he pushed Joe Burrow as he was running. Joe Burrow was still in bounds when Aaron Donald pushes him. And we've seen Pat Mahomes do that thing before where he comes up to the sideline and tight ropes the sideline because he knows you cannot touch him once he steps up. So Aaron Donald pushes Joe Burrow out of bounds. Joe Burrow's offensive lineman run over there 
and literally start hitting Aaron Donald in the face. But you know, no that's call. off the strength. That's off the strength, though. That's off the strength. But it's, how it's, do you not call that? How do you not? This is not. I'm. It's different if you're just bumping a player. Sure, whatever you want to bump, you, whatever you like to tussle or whatever. Sure. Once you get to throwing hands, at that point, something needs to be called. But, but it's the way the old lineman came after uh, Aaron Donald is the way I wish that Duke players had gone after my boy Collins when it was Wendell Moore Jr. the other night, Clemson and Duke. I'm just saying, know, like, you got to you know, you ride for yours. Basketball I'm riding players, for mine. Basketball players are a different breed because okay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You undercut my player like that? Oh, they ain't going to have enough flagrants for me. They're going to call it flagrant three. They're going to invent a flagrant just for what I do. Oh, don't yeah. worry about it. Don't that worry was about out of it, control. I, but I do agree. I, but again, if you're going to call if you're gonna call it tight, call it tight the whole way. Don't call it tight in the fourth quarter with five minutes. Like, we don't – why? For what? For what reason? Yeah. That's silly yeah, to I, me. I, if y'all have been – if y'all have just been letting it be, like, I think that had to be the first Super Bowl we've ever seen where there was no holding – there was no, you know, hands to the face, right? There yeah, was so no holding, no. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. They're letting everything go. Again, Y'all just letting them ride. And again, and again, this is why I say get holding off the books. Tell defensive linemen, offensive linemen can't hold you. Deal with it. Figure it out. Because here's the secret that many yeah. people don't know. In defensive line rooms around the country, defensive line coaches tell defensive linemen, they're going to hold you. Deal with it. So just adjust the rule book to be the same way. Hey, they're going to hold you. There's nothing we can do about it. Whatever. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. Sure. Again, I'm not upset. I am i wouldn't be upset at the rules making it even harder for defenders to do our jobs. Yeah. Like literally the, the, the target zone on the quarterback is already from the, uh, I believe it's like the, the collarbone down to the bottom of the thigh. Now imagine that for a quarterback like Drew Brees, that's 5'10". And whenever Russell he does, Kyler Russell Murray. Wilson, Kyler, I, Kyler Murray is already like for most guys, if you just reach straight out, <laughs> you're going to hit him in the face. Now imagine he can duck down. Now you've touched his face mask. 15. Now you've hit him in the head. 15. That's let the, the, the job has already become insurmountably hard for defenders. Look at the point totals. Offensive coordinators are not that much smarter than defensive coordinators to where they've come up with all these amazing things that defenses can't keep up with. Schemes don't matter. There is no magical uh, scheme that if your team runs this, they will win. Trust me, if it existed, everybody would run it. But what it is, is rules are making it easier for offenses to proliferate, score, do what they have to do. Okay, great. So take some of these rules off the books. Let defenders know we're not going to call holding. We're not going to call offensive pass interference. Again, unless they're blocking, unless it's like somebody's running the screen and they're blocking before the ball gets there, sure, we'll call that. But one-on-one hand fighting, you got to deal with it. And you can't hand fight back or else we're going to call defensive pass interference. Deal with it. No doubt. We're going to wrap up the talk here in just a second. But I want to remind you guys that this time of the year, you might be giving up on getting right for the year, but don't. I think it's still time to get fit, and you can do that by also eating right. And that's why you got to try Built Bar. Have you tried Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out of one of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're 100% covered in real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these puffs. They're better. Typical candy bar can run you so many calories, but not Built Bar Puffs, 130 Four to five grams of sugar, four to five net carbs only, and 17 grams of protein. 
Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're wrapping up the show here with Kenton Gibbs. And of course, we want to remind you guys that if you have not yet, please follow Locked on Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. I'm sure a lot of people made a lot of good money last night as they were having all in on the Rams or the Bengals, even the Bengals covered. So let's talk about it. It was minus four. Bengals got in within three. All right, so... We talked about Super Bowl. Was it overall your experience best Super Bowl you've seen? Or because the playoffs were just so good every weekend, it was kind of like, whoo, anticlimactic. As a Lions fan, to see Matt Stafford (laughs) win a ring was extremely exciting. To see Ashawn Robinson get a ring after uh, Matt Patricia told him, and I quote, I'll end your career. You'll never play here again. Well, look at that. Matt, Funny how, how the tables doing? turn. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. And look at you, Matt Patricia. Hmm. Um, so, you know, honestly and truly, it, it was it was a, a great thing to see that. Um, it was it was a pretty good Super Bowl, all in mm-hmm. all. I don't I don't think that this was the most spectacular or magnificent by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, a lot of guys got hurt during the Super Bowl. You know, you 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 look at uh, what happened there, and that's not ever really a thing that you want to see, but all in all, I think it was a pretty good Super Bowl. I don't think it was a bad one. Yeah, no doubt. I think it was good for what it is. But again, that halftime performance definitely helps you. Like you could have stopped the game right there. I needed more. I needed a post game show. They could have done like you know an encore, all of that, an encore. Just you know, think about it next time, Jay Z. Think as about much it. as they pay, as much as those folks pay for those tickets, I would need an encore, a, a, second, <laughs> a, a third. I need a post show, a pre show. I mean. Jesus Christ, six racks for to for the nosebleeds? I'm going to be high up for six racks? But, the, I mean, the SoFi Stadium, apparently you can just see everything just fine with that nice old Jumbotron. They, they need to rename it SoFi Stadium. You got, to be, <laughs> you got to be higher than Wiz Khalifa in 2012 to even <sighs> think that I'm going to pay $50,000 for LA. a ticket. And I can, it's LA. Yeah, okay. It's LA. Right. Yeah. Good, good for them. Good for them. LA, I'm excited for you. Good for you. But again, rename is so high stated because I'm not paying those no prices. Doubt. No uh, doubt. I uh. feel you. Well, tonight we have some ACC basketball action. Virginia will play Virginia Tech. Virginia, who is on a roll currently, sitting at 16 and 9. They're feeling good about themselves, but they're playing rival. Virginia Tech, who's currently here, sitting at minus four and a half. On ESPN at 7 p.m. if you want to check that out. On tomorrow's show, we will go over with J.J. Jackson the scores from Saturday, talking about men's and women's on the women's games who happened on Sunday, and we'll get you preview for some of the mid-week games. ACC basketball is in the thick of it. We know just how good and how bad some teams are at this point, but we know some are very much chasing their opportunity to dance in March, so we'll keep you locked there. Kenton, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Uh, LO underscore Wolfpack or Locked on Wolfpack, wherever you're hearing this. No doubt. At Locked on ACC on Twitter, guys, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Wherever you hear podcasts, we are available for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.